Casey Armstrong and Getty Show. Good morning. Hope you're well. Hope your weekend was pleasant, productive, and or profitable. Just heard a story. There was a an Uber driver. Have you heard this? Who was... Uh, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Facebook living all his rides. So he'd have oh, conversations no. with people about all <laughs> kinds of things. Oh, boy. And they might be drunk or they'd talk politics or whatever. Uh-oh. He Facebook lived hundreds of rides. Without obviously telling people. Yeah. So he's in trouble. That's not so cool. <laughs> no, that HBO could be a, disastrous. HBO used to have a whole show based on that, the whole taxi cab confession oh, thing, yeah. right? I never got, I never understood that because so many of them seemed like at the end of it, they said, Would you like to sign this release so we could put this on HBO where you talk about how you're cheating on your husband? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's. It always amazes me. <laughs> they must have a really good spiel to get you to do that. I've said some shockingly uh, honest things to uh, taxi drivers in my life for whatever reason, because, you know, I you're never going to see him again. There was some money involved, and I was, eh, we don't get HBO anyways. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that, it was pre internet. Right? Like, <laughs> that could be. They couldn't email you the YouTube clip of it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Good point. So apparently, this guy by the name of Belay Biftu passed on and. This other fella, unpronounceable, came to town and told him the story of Lazarus of old, the New Testament story, and convinced them that he was a prophet and he could bring their buddy back to life. And he, he must have had a good rap, because they dug him up. Really? Yes. And, uh, and, he, and he went to work. I'm actually, I got the video right here. You want to take a, a quick glance at it? Um, here he is, unless he goes to the ad again. Here he is. He's laying on the... Uh, Climbs down. At, oh, they're going to make me watch another ad. What, just because I paused it, you oppressive bastards? I've already watched an ad. So how does he attempt to bring the, the corpse back to life? Well, he lays. I was going to give you a little play-by-play. I can skip the ad in five seconds. He, uh, he, he climbs down into the grave. He's wearing a, a sport coat, a dark sport coat, and some light slacks, which is a, a nice look and respectful. If you are going to raise the dead, there he goes. Now he's shouting at him, apparently. Hey! Hey! Wake up! That having not taken effect, he, he climbs around, he lays on top of him, belly to belly, he might be face a, to face. He might be a necrophiliac, and he's uh, just looking for Well, an there's excuse. a big crowd of people watching, so he's a necrophiliac exhibitionist, which is a rarity. And he's bellowing at him, he's wake up! Hey! Uh, but it's not working, so finally he kind of scratches his head and gets up and stands there and looks at him. I think he's still dead, folks. But apparently his rap had been so eloquent earlier on, in the narrative, that the uh, family members thought he might actually be able to bring old Belay back around. When he didn't, they began to beat him down. And the cop showed up and whisked him away. He's been charged with abusing a corpse. I think the corpse is probably fine with the whole thing. It'll be all right. Yeah, I think it'll be about in the state that it was before. But uh, there you go. Drama from Ethiopia. So One of those cultures that's equal to or better than the Western world. It's actually better. So all your big morning shows, Good Morning America, uh, Today Show, they're all going with the story of the day. And you tell me whether this is Trump derangement syndrome or per- perfectly appropriate. I'm on the perfectly appropriate uh, side of the fence on this case. As Trump tweeted out last night, a threat to Iran. See, Iran is a country that all its people and its leader regularly say death to America. Um, among other things. Among other things. But they uh, I have this specific trigger if you'd like to hear it. All right. But so the the president, Rouhani, is up there in front of their their parliament or whatever with his funky hat and he says, 
America should know that peace with Iran is the mother of all peace. And war with Iran is the mother of all wars. And And if we have negotiations, they'll be the mother of all negotiations. And if there's a standoff, you better believe that'll be the mother. Hey, get a new metaphor. You're wearing it out. But if I do get a new metaphor, it will be the mother (laughs) of all metaphors. But they've been saying that sort of crap as long as I've been following the news at all. Uh, certainly since the 70s. And uh, Trump responded with, never, ever threaten the United States again, or you will suffer consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. Which makes it sound to me like Trump is saying, if you ever say something like that again, we're going to attack you? Well, he clarifies, we are no longer a country that will stand for your demented words of violence and death. Be cautious! In case you're wondering what the president meant, John Bolton, who is his national security advisor, has said, I spoke to the president over the last several days, and Trump told me that if Iran does anything at all to the negative, anything at all, like say bad things, they will pay a price like few countries have ever paid before. So apparently it wasn't just a a one-off tweet after he'd had too much uh, spicy dip or something. Um, He'd been talking about it all weekend long. I'm certainly hoping those uh, consequences of historical weight include nonviolent consequences, economics, etc. Well, we kind of had been in a place for the last 40 years where we ignore that sort of talk. Mm Mm-hmm. Because well, they say that sort of thing all the time. Oh, sure. It's like, you know, fans booing an umpire. Trust me, the umps don't call home and say, went, went rough today, honey. Went rough. They booed me. <laughs> well, our uh, our old friend Basil, we used to have this guy who was from Iraq that called the show all the time. And back when the war uh, with Iraq started in 2003, it was very handy to have a guy who lived in Iraq, spoke the language, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Knew uh, the players. Knew the players, talking about the story. But I remember him saying, yeah, we, you know... Living in Iraq, they death to America or blood running in the streets. They say that sort of stuff all the time. You just you don't even re- react to it because mm-hmm. it's just ho hum. You grow up hearing that. Mm-hmm. But Trump, for whatever reason, sounds like he decided to that to say you're not going to say that anymore. Yeah, well, the the one argument I've heard that has some reasonableness to it is this is exactly the sort of bellicose rhetoric that got the attention of a little fathead in North Korea and got him to the bargaining table. And North Korea is no longer a nuclear threat. Oh, well, except, yeah, kind of negotiations haven't clearly yielded anything yet. But the, the, the argument is, all right, we'll match these guys' crazy-ass rhetoric and then start some serious negotiating because it gets them to the table. You know, I'm, I'm not sure I buy it I don't, to the extent that I buy it at all. I don't buy it completely. But no, doesn't the leader of, of that. well, if the leader of the Iran of Iran stands up today and says death to America, blood in the streets, then and then what do we do? Well, that's a good question. Announce new sanctions or something like that. All right. I don't know that the rest of the world's not going to go along with. So, well, yeah, China buys a lot of oil from Iran, so we'd have to get that stopped somehow. But I don't know all this all this uh, chaos and unrest where it ends. I do not know. I just, I just don't, I don't like Trump saying that. Just don't don't say that unless you're going to back it up. And we're not going to back it up. We shouldn't back it up. We shouldn't go to war with Iran because they say death to America. They say death to America every day. Right, right. It's a campaign slogan. Yeah, exactly. It's their hope and change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's their, let's get government off your back and on your side. That, that Theirs is death to America. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you know, one of the most uh, revealing things I ever heard about that whole thing was when somebody pointed out that, and and listen, there may be different interpretations to this, but it came with great authority. In fact, it may even have been, I can't remember who said this, it doesn't matter, um, that when they say that America is the great Satan, they don't mean the great evildoer, they mean the great temptor with our uh, Western ways and our... Uh, you know, jiggly women and our our, our alcohol and I get our that. overeating and the I rest get that. Of it. I get that. That that yeah. I get. I I wouldn't phrase it that way, but I get right. that. For a devout Muslim, Western society could be quite the temptor. Yeah. Well, and most of us don't do well with it. We do too much of the the, the bad stuff. Some of it, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. But all, I did, all I, of us indulge in a little of it. Yeah. Yes. It's out of control now and then. Perhaps last night. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to speak for you. As I mentioned, I'm on a new diet. My new diet is I eat whatever I want whenever I want, and it's not going well. Well, well I mean, I'm doing well at the diet, but it's not doing much for my weight. You know, my kryptonite food is and always has been pizza. I'm a pizza freak, and uh, and my buddy Steve got a new uh, pizza oven, a, a, a wood-fired like he built it in his backyard. Oh, wow, cool. He's just a genius with his hands, but a wood fired pizza oven, and he'd gotten his technique down, so he had a bunch of us over and uh, a sweet mother of all deliciousness. Oh, my God. <laughs> the mother of all deliciousness. Oh, my God. It was so good. The crust, the sauce, Jack. It's about the sauce. You know that. It's just fantastic. Throw your own toppings on there. Oh, so. So I ate 40 of them. Good. 40 12 inch pizzas. <laughs> I now weigh 700 pounds. Con wrapped up in uh, San Diego. It's a big deal. Made some national news on a number of fronts, and we're going to get a wrap-up of that coming up. Yeah, let's lighten up a little bit. What's big in the entertainment world for a moment or two? Well, weren't there some controversies over the oh, weekend? Oh, serious controversies from the entertainment world. <laughs> Heavy stuff. <laughs> Stay tuned Whatever. to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Some tweets from Rand Paul getting attention too, so maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. So the Randy Man, what's he got on his mind this morning? You know, I've never taken the time to actually go into Comic Con. I probably should. I'm probably the wrong person for it. Also, as I've I haven't seen Star Wars, so. <laughs> I might not be the right person. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Why don't we keep looking for a correspondent? Speaking of correspondence, Jason Nathanson of ABC News joins us. He's uh, been at Comic-Con reporting on all of the, the big headlines out of there. Hey, Jason, how are you? Was Rand Paul tweeting about Comic-Con? Was that uh, the... No, it's just a transition. That I'm was, sorry, uh, I, okay. I bungled my transition. I, I wish that were the case. So, hey, hey, listen, a good time was had by all, as always. It's just a zoo yeah. and a party and the rest of it. But what are some of the big headlines? What's, what's notable? Uh, you know, it was an interesting year this year. A lot of people were talking about the fact that Marvel was not there with any of their movies, um, and neither was Lucasfilm with any of the Star Wars stuff. So that kind of left a big hole. There was no Game of Thrones for HBO. Uh, for, so that left a big hole for uh, a studio like Warner Brothers to really kind of take the stage. And they did. 
on Saturday. I think most of the trailers and things that are getting a lot of notice are coming out of Warner Brothers, including uh, Shazam, uh, which is a new superhero starring Zachary Levi, which is basically big for superheroes. Uh, Zachary Levi stars as he's first he's a kid, and then he gets to be Shazam, and then he's a uh, superhero kid in a grown-up's body. What are Shazam's uh, powers? Uh, you know, he can fly, he can do uh, super strength. They test them out in, in this trailer. You see them testing, because he doesn't know what his powers are. So he's trying to figure out what they are. It's, it's very funny, actually. It's, it's, and it's not very DC. DC known for its kind of dark Sean, stuff. Sean, you would like to jump in here with a Shazam Sh- note? Oh, Shazam, it's sake, a, really? It's an uh, it's a acronym for uh, Shazam. Uh, strength of, so- uh, the Wisdom of Solomon, Strength of Hercules, uh, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. He's a oh. combination of all those. That's- Oh, that's, but, a, that's pretty good that's, uh, combo if you can get it. Absolutely. That's a good note. So anyway, uh, what about the, uh, the, the the big no-show uh, studios, Jason? Do we know why they didn't bother this year? Well, I mean, Marvel already put out most of its movies or all of its movies for this year. We already had Black Panther and Avengers and Ant-Man, so those are done. Now, they could have shown stuff from next year's Avengers, which everybody is still talking about this year. Uh, they could have shown a little bit of a teaser for that. That would have been cool. I mean, because Wonder Woman showed up, and they showed up some footage from next year's sequel they just started shooting three weeks ago so they barely had anything to show but they still showed a little bit of that um so they could have but maybe they figured it just wasn't worth their money it costs a lot of money to get everybody down to san diego uh, you got to get all the stars hotel rooms uh you got to get the stage you got to get a moderator i mean it, it costs you know a couple hundred thousand dollars wasn't there controversy of some sort what's the controversy uh, Some celebrity got drunk, punched somebody, or something, something the, happened. The firing of James Gunn for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I've been reading about that. Believe you know, it or not. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that is, is Comic-Con adjacent, because uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a huge movie, huge Marvel movie for, uh, for uh, Comic-Con fans as well. Uh, and so he got fired on Friday. This was over tweets that he had written seven to ten years ago. He was kind of a comedian, kind of a provocative guy trying to uh, write some funny stuff and get noticed. And a lot of them were in, admittedly, very, very bad taste. Uh, jokes about AIDS, jokes about pedophilia, jokes about rape. I mean, really pushing the boundary. Mm. My understanding of the pedophilia thing, because I looked at all the controversial tweets, and that was the, the, the bulk of them about pedophilia, is he explained he'd showed up to an audition, and a, a known and convicted child molester that Hollywood had forgiven over and over again was there, and he was horrified by that. And so he was trying to draw attention and mocking that guy with these jokes. But, of course, that sort of context is completely lost in the modern world where you just have to. Well, completely lost, especially yeah. when you're just looking at a tweet and it's, it's a joke about pedophilia. Right. There is no context to something like that. Uh, and, you know, he has admitted that this is, this is what he did. He, he's not saying that, you know, it was anything else. Um, but in, Hollywood is in the middle of dealing with this kind of thing right now, and it's trying to figure out exactly how it wants to proceed. Do you fire Roseanne? after she, you know, says something controversial, and then fire James Gunn or not fire James Gunn. Look, over the weekend, on stage at Comic-Con was Johnny Depp, a guy accused of beating his ex-wife, Amber Heard. Amber Heard was in the same room with him this weekend because they're both doing Warner Brothers movies. They took wow. the stage like half an hour apart. That must have been a very awkward backstage green room at Comic-Con. Uh, so here you have him on stage at Comic-Con. Meanwhile, G- James Gunn loses a billion-dollar franchise 
for some tweets he made, which were admittedly jokes 10 years ago. God it dang it. We have got to Hollywood figure out a standard. The difference between if, if, if Johnny Depp did this, and don't most people believe he did, physically attacking someone and physically hurting them it should be in a different category completely than words. Ill-considered jokes a decade ago, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One would think, and you know, we've seen everybody from uh, Kevin Spacey to, of course, Harvey Weinstein, Louis C.K. A lot of people over the past few years lose the high-profile jobs um, and have their careers ruined by various different things. And so, so some are wondering now. They're like, "Where is the bar? Where would? What do I have to be worried of? Afraid of?" Uh, you know, there's a guy on Twitter who's fantastically funny named Rob Delaney. He tweets some of the sickest stuff and still does. Yeah. And he's also a, a big advocate for child health care. He's on a show called Catastrophe, which is on uh, Hulu or Amazon or one of those. Um, you know, is a guy like him next? Is he going to lose his job? Because, I mean, he has some real sick tweets in the name of comedy. Yeah, I'll be checking those out and laughing at them, I'm sure, in the next few minutes. So very quickly, though, uh, this uh, gun bloke, the, uh, the director yeah. who got fired, understand quite a few stars are rallying to his defense. Yeah, uh, I mean, first and foremost, of course, is his brother, Sean Gunn, who he is in all the movies. Um, he, he had a lot to say on Twitter, a really long, kind of uh, very nice uh, kind of summation of everything. Selma Blair, who's an actress uh, who was, you know, part of the Me Too stuff, she said, look, this guy is one of the good ones. If we punish people despite changing, then what does that teach people yep. about owning mistakes and evolving? Yep, yep, um, yep. And we've seen this happen before. When you're young, of course, when you're young and stupid. I mean, I can't imagine if I had Twitter when I was, you know, of, of the age of a lot of these people. I wake up sweating and screaming in the night having had nightmares <laughs> about that. So, yeah, I understand completely what you're talking about. Yeah, I think we're working through a, a period of stupidity and, and at risk of using a terribly overused phrase, a bit of a witch hunty uh, situation on this stuff i hope so because this one's but just also, dumb it's also social media we're navigating these waters for the first time and this is kind of the the growing pains that that's coming of it and you know some good people are going to go down with the bad jason nathanson abc news entertainment correspondent is online what about just shutting down all uh, social media jason is anybody considering that <laughs> I, I mean that if if i were james gunn i would have done that a long time ago shut I down his yeah i heard that a lot a lot of those tweets, and I think this is causing a lot of people to go back and go, well, what's in my Twitter timeline? I mean, I honestly don't remember. You know, I think I joined in 2008 or something like that. I, I want to go back and check mine, too. You know, that's you know, a decent well, point. Well, we're going to see if we can beat you to it and ruin you, Jason, <laughs> if we find anything uh, untoward. So, hey, uh, great great to talk to you. Well done. I'm afraid we're out of time, but uh, thanks a million. Right. Thanks, Kit. Take care. Good to talk. Bye. Well, that's a, that's a different um, angle. Going back through your Twitter feed, how long's Twitter been around? For most people, I don't, I don't know when we jumped on, but there are—I don't even want to mention some of the topics that are out there that have evolved so much so quickly. Sure, a joke that was completely appropriate right. four years ago will get you fired today. Yeah, you know it's—it's just—it's witch hunty and it's dumb and it's angry mobbish in that. You can't look at a guy like this gun and say, okay, those are terrible jokes. They're really inappropriate jokes. What was the context? Why'd you make them? And then, wait, is this a good person who had said dumb stuff? Or is this an evil person who was exposed? A reasonable person can make that determination. Speaking of Roseanne Barr, Marshall's got some audio from oh, Roseanne yeah. Barr. You determine whether or not you think she sounds crazy in this <laughs> clip we've got for you. <laughs> yeah, well, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
about changing um, views of what's appropriate and what's not. We are on that topic. And um, How, got, why do you lose your job? What, what, what what's the bar? What statements are so outrageous? You must be fired because nobody could watch entertainment that you had anything to do with. Well, uh, for instance, might be if you are uh, pretty strongly anti-gay marriage in a Facebook post or Twitter post or whatever. Um, by today's standards, you would be a uh, definitely on the wrong side of the issue. Right, a and hater. Perhaps a hater, not the sort of person that should be on our school board or whatever. When it was the mainstream political view of Hillary Clinton in 2008. Right, and so, Barack Obama. and Yeah, so things can change pretty quickly. Got an example of that um, uh, for Great Britain. We'll talk about a little bit later where they, they took down one of the most famous poems in that country's history to replace it with a Maya Angelou poem because it no longer passes the presentism test. Boy, Britain is so screwed up. And that's, we could do a whole show about Britain and Canada. It's kind of like taking down the Confederate statues, maybe in a way. I don't know. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show News Now with Marshall Phillips. Well, the question has come up, and now White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says President Trump is not trying to divert attention from his Russia controversies by going after Iran. Outside the White House today, Sanders said. I think the president um, has the ability, unlike a lot of those in the media, to actually focus on more than one issue at a time. And certainly we know that the media is obsessed with speaking about uh, all Russia all the time, but the president's focused on a lot of things. Sanders blaming Iran for starting the uproar with the president. In an overnight tweet, Trump was warning Iran's president never, ever threaten the United States again, or you will suffer consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. We are no longer a country that will stand for your demented words of violence and death. Be cautious. Hmm. I doubt that they're going to be cautious, so then what's our reaction going to be? We'll see. All right, another news. We got a new poll out. New poll out that gives President Trump the highest Republican approval numbers of his presidency now. The latest NBC News Wall Street Journal poll shows 88% of Republican voters surveyed approve of Trump's handling how he's handling his duties as president. You said duties. His approval rating among all registered voters stands at 45%. That's up one percentage point from last month. Wait a second. All registered voters, he's at 45? Yes. Holy crap. Yeah. Yep. You absolutely get reelected at 45. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I heard, um, I forget what mainstream news outlet going into uh, uh, last week in Helsinki saying, and a president with ratings this low, how is he going? And I thought, what are you talking about? What are you talking People about? People constantly refer to President Trump's low approval ratings. They're not low. 45 is not low. We can break down the field for the probable 2020 race. The probable field <laughs> for the probable. The tw- Who's going to run in 2020 coming up? All right, now we. I got sucked in. It was more interesting than I thought it would be. Now we've got some amazing audio from Roseanne Barr. Roseanne's now trying to correct her earlier meltdown after Thursday's release of a rather shocking clip titled Roseanne Explains the Valerie Jarrett Tweet. Oh, good, good. Speaking of, you know, offenses that may or may not be worthy of firing, she's finally going to. Speak to America about her, her point of view and her thoughts at the time. In the video, Bart appeared ang- or Barr rather appeared angry and disoriented. She was smoking a cigarette while arguing with the producer over the video editing process of another video, which appears to have been cut. All right, 
Stand by. Here it comes. I'm trying to talk about Iran. I'm trying to talk about Valerie Jarrett wrote the Iran deal. Know, you, you That's what my tweet was about. I know. You've explained this literally 300 times. I thought the bitch was white. God damn it. I thought the bitch was white. Yeah, she doesn't sound crazy. Perfectly hinged to me. And if I'm an ABC executive, I don't think that person's going to cause me more headaches in the future. Right. We need to rethink this Roseanne Barr firing. <laughs> <laughs> She's not a loose cannon that's going to get us into all kinds of trouble and cause us to lose millions of dollars. She sounds, uh, you know. Yikes. It's a simple misunderstanding. She's a tad frustrated with the, how things have gone. Who can blame her? <laughs> so anyway, Roseanne tried to walk it back and put out another video. Hi, this is Roseanne Barr. And I'd like to welcome you to my own studio where I'm able to speak for myself to my fellow and sister Americans without the filter of the biased media. This was my statement from the very beginning and it will continue to be forever because it is the truth. When ABC called and asked me to explain my egregious and unforgivable tweet, I told them I thought Valerie Jarrett was white. And I also said, and I'm willing to go on The View, Jimmy Kimmel, or whatever other show you want me to go on and explain that to my audience. Now, instead what happened was about 40 minutes after that, my show was canceled before even one advertiser pulled out and I was labeled a racist. Why, you ask? Well, the answer is simple. It's because I voted for Donald Trump. And that is not allowed in Hollywood. Mm. 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 Sounds a lot calmer there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So did she put out the first video? Yeah, who released that? that if she's to the arguing world. with her own producer about yeah. it. And she was this on her YouTube channel? She's she's just a crazy person. She's, she's well, that's clear. <laughs> uh, yeah, who did put out that first one? The, the shrieking and ranting. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. See, sorry, Squawky. God bless you in your cry of freedom. That's a uh, bald eagle, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. We keep chained in the uh, room over there. <laughs> Chain. Symbolize tethered freedom. for his own <laughs> safety, safety, Jack. Yes. <laughs> tethered for your own safety. He might accidentally uh, land on something electronic and get zapped. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Positive Sean, see if you can figure out the answer to that question. Where was that first video? Where did it come from? Who released it? Was it was his producer butthurt because she was screeching at him or what? What happened there? Uh, the most probable 2020 contenders. We'll touch on them quickly. Just yeah, I want to hear that. Western society taking down its own history. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Eh, I suppose good thing a, or a bad thing. I suppose it's a case-by-case basis. James Comey tells Democrats, don't lose your minds. Okay. Uh, stay tuned for all this stuff coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation.
capital of the world. Sorry, San Francisco, it's not you. Ratville. Ratville. Ratton. <laughs> Got it. Um, that, among other things, coming up. And Western civilization erasing its history for better or worse. Got an example of that. It's pretty interesting. You know, just to dovetail on the, uh, the Roseanne discussion. Uh, we got this note from uh, accountant Alex. says, I was watching my guilty pleasure TV show tonight, Big Brother. That is a guilty pleasure. In fact, you're guilty of something if you watch that show. But <laughs> I didn't know it was um, still on. Okay. Oh, yeah. A conversation between a very short man who also happens to be gay and an African-American woman occurred. The woman asked what the difference was between midget and dwarf. Essentially. Okay, it's a good one. The man immediately said that the word midget was offensive and explained that it was similar to fagot. Really? I didn't know that. Or the N-word. I didn't know that. But he actually said the word. This immediately set off the woman. She said it was not okay to use that word. The man responded by saying that he was using it as an example. She then proceeded to say something to the effect of not wanting to be rude or offensive, but would never call him a fagot. She used that word multiple times. I was very frustrated during this exchange. I understand it's just how our culture is, but how can you get mad at someone for using the N-word when you so carelessly throw around midget and, and faggot? Sorry for the long email. Keep up the good work. Alex, that is not a long email. You should see the long emails we get. Um, yeah, it's, it is for us. People want to be offended. It's a lot of people in the modern world are desperate to be offended. That is their goal for the day. Whether it's conscious or unconscious. Oh, Lord, please let somebody say something that I can be angry at today. They thrive on it. I think it's Looney Tunes, but anyway, got a culture built on that. How will that culture vote in 2020, Jack? I got sucked into this in the Washington Examiner, breaking down the field for 2020. Our friend Jim Antle wrote this Running for president. Yeah, exactly. We haven't um, even had the 2018 election yet, correct. you realize. Yeah, so it's You're moronic and indefensible okay. to even bring this up. <laughs> it, it is, uh, it's my guilty pleasure. It is on a number of levels, no indication of what will happen. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I bring it up. It's the story behind the story. Okay. So they, they I remember saying at one point, why don't we just jump to... Rudy Giuliani running against Hillary Clinton. I think that was 2008, maybe, and neither one of them got the nomination. Right, right. Because they were both so far ahead in the polls. Right. Rudy against Hillary. Neither one of them got the nomination. Rudy didn't even get a sniff of the nomination. There was an even more absurd example than that fairly recently, but... Or was that? Yeah, 2008. Anyway, um, uh, right, exactly. And so they go to great pains to bring up, and, and listen... The beginning of this is puke-worthy. Number one, former Vice President Joe Biden. He's uh, 78 years old. 78-year-old. He's run a couple of times and got like 2.5% of the electorate support. They passed him. They passed on him when he was the sitting vice president. When was the last time that occurred? I was trying to remember that. Cheney, but that was his heart condition. That's right. Yeah, that is a good example. Dick Cheney had forgotten about him. But otherwise, if you're the sitting vice president... Of a popular president. A popular two-termer, you're the obvious choice. Yeah. But instead, they went with that... They uh, thought he's not old enough yet. That automaton. <laughs> we want him to be older. Right. <laughs> instead, they went with that uh, old lady nobody likes. Uh, so anyway, they start with Joe Biden. He's gaff-prone, don't you know? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Fresh off a book tour, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. He'll turn 78 shortly after the presidential election. 
And uh, hashtag MeToo era, he's never been accused uh, of sexual wrongdoing despite his well-documented handsiness with women. But standards could be higher now. And why am I still talking about an old man who's know. never got more than 2%? Exactly. Well, speaking of the old, how about Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders? Also damn near 80. Oh, that reminds me of James Comey. It ain't going to be somebody damn near 80. I, you know. God, I hope not. It just it, I just can't believe that it will be. There's such a fresh-faced youth push going on. Sure. Right. Uh, Bernie, Bernie Sanders is going to be 79 on Election Day. He was campaigning with Xi uh, Guevara over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, the 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 woman that won the socialist that won in in, in New York that's really twenty eight year old bartender that's really captured the nation's attention and uh, she got eleven thousand votes or whatever it was I mean nobody showed up for that election right but she is she has become the face of that and she was on stage with Bernie Sanders twenty seven dollars and uh, people going crazy crowd going wild that was the cover charge at the bar she worked high class joint. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, coincidentally that we're talking about this, uh, James Comey, the lanky lawman, the uh, whose side is he on, flip-flopper, the mouthy, self-aggrandizing former hero of the He's FBI. on James Comey's side. That's whose side he's on. Yeah, he's never told a story that he isn't the hero of. At any rate, he uh, <clears throat> waded back into the political fray on Twitter Sunday, warning Democrats, quote, not to rush to the socialist left, quote, Excuse me. Democrats, please don't lose your minds. This president and his Republican Party are counting on you to do exactly that. America's great middle wants sensible, balanced, ethical leadership. Well, the reason uh, Bernie and uh, Xi Guevara running uh, over the weekend together and the crowd going wild and really, you know, a lot of enthusiasm and energy and that sort of stuff is the their policies don't pull that way. Well, nationally, that whole um, getting rid of ice. Two-thirds of Americans don't want that, including a majority of Democrats. But she and the cable news crowd really like it. You know, I thought... um, Ah, yeah, here we go. Uh, Republicans seizing on the leftward lurch by Democrats. Um, The RNC notes that Bernie Sanders' plan to provide free government-sponsored health care for all Americans had no co-sponsors in 2013. Nobody jumped on that bandwagon with Bernie. Huh? Today, more than one-third of Senate Democrats and two-thirds of House Democrats have signed on to the proposal, which by one estimate could cost taxpayers as much as $32 trillion. And where is it in uh, two and a half years once we get to election time? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, old, old Bernie the Socialist is uh, both ahead of his time and uh, and and only one step in front of the Grim Reaper, so oh, wow. he's not going to... Jack, I'm just calling him as I see him. <laughs> just trying to be frank here. One step in front of the Grim Reaper. <laughs> so uh, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, the feisty progressive favorite, etc. Also how, damn near 80. How, how old old gal she is? It's funny, they don't mention her age. I guess you never ask a woman, right? She's uh, will be 78 on Election Day, if I remember correctly. She's old, too. So. Got a good-looking uh, uh, dye job in her hair, though. She's got a good hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Very sensible cut. I like it. Looking at a picture of her. Then you got the youth movement. S- New Jersey Senator Cory Booker, 49 years old, charismatic speaker, bipartisan bridge builder, African-American, mayor of Newark, New Jersey, which is one of the scariest cities I've ever spent any time in. 
Uh, a favorite uh, weaknesses. Uh, bipartisan bridge building is no longer as popular among Democrats as it used to be. Plus, he has strong ties to big pharma. And his uh, reputation for centrism could make progressives find him phony. And then you've got Kamala Harris, California's senator. Um, inexperience. Uh, ah, that, 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 uh, I, prosec- I hate, I hate any time anybody even throws that word in. Yeah. Uh, her prosecutorial record. Inexperience like Donald Trump and Barack Obama? Unelectable with their inexperience. Clearly, clearly. It's a good point. Um, she, uh, sh- she's a lefty by California standards. I don't know. We'll see if she can, you know, get any, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand in New York. They mention uh, Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown, e- Eric Holder. It's such a mirror image of the problem yeah. the Republicans had, what it was, it, I guess, eight years ago with the Till Tea Party thing. Um, the mainstream Republicans were really worried about the Tea Party crowd taking it too far that direction. Right. Not being able to uh, win national elec- elections. But what do you do? That's where all the enthusiasm is. Well, and the DNC, having been uh, exposed for their anti-Bernie, pro-Hillary maneuvers, yeah. are desperate to do the same thing again, but they'll have to be a little bit more clever about it. I'd, I'd be willing to take a monetary bet that those first four people mentioned, the top four, none of them will be the nominee, just because history would be on yeah, my side. absolutely. Schumer and Pelosi, they don't want Shea Guevara. She Guevara. They don't want her. Mm. They don't want her on the stage at all. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.